You're listening to the Tidy Revival Podcast, where we explore the stories and emotions behind decluttering and home organization. I'm your host, Carly Adams. I'm a home organizer, speaker, community creator, and owner of Tidy Revival. Now, this is the time where I remind you that this is a podcast not for little ears. If your kiddos are in the room, please pause now. Our podcast has an explicit rating. We're going deep on this show. We're going through your shit while we're going through your shit. Now, let's get started. Hey, friend. Welcome to another episode. I'm really excited today because I'm bringing you a conversation with my pal, Melissa Gugni. She is a professional organizer and a decluttering expert who serves the San Francisco Bay Area. Her work has been featured in Better Homes and Gardens, Parents Magazine, and Apartment Therapy. And she and I met in a organizer network that we're both a part of and have chatted about different different things over the years. I've given her referrals that are a little too far for me. She's a really amazing organizer. So I'm very excited to bring you this conversation. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me, Carly. This is great. Thank you so much for being here. And before we dive into today's topic, can you share with us how you got started and a little bit about your business? Yeah. So my business is called Melissa Gugney Organizing. And I've been in business for about five years. And it's always fuzzy to say that because I started long before that, just doing it because I love to do it. I would hear mm-hmm. some needed help. It was like, oh, I can do that. I also own a wine bar and a wine and cheese shop in San Francisco. And I've had businesses before that. So I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. It's pretty much all I've ever done. And I think organizing my other businesses forayed itself very easily into being able to think on my feet as a professional organizer now. I love that so much. And of course, I love hearing about your tales in the city because I was there for 15 years. And yeah, I remember as soon as we met you, let me know that you were in SF. A lot of the time I was, my heart was very happy. Oh, yay. (laughs) So these days, what is your favorite type of client or project to work on, would you say? I think I can swear on this podcast. I have my favorite client is not assholes. <laughs> I love to, that's a little harsh, but I love to work with really great people, with nice people, because I like to say I don't like to be bossed around and I don't want to be in position to boss anyone around. I want it to be a collaborative experience because that's really what organizing is. It's your home or office. I'm just there to help facilitate the change. It's a cheese ball answer, but that really is my favorite kind of client because I love doing all different types of organizing work. It's something that makes me happy about this industry. Every day is different. Mm-hmm. Love kitchens, but if I'm doing a ton of them, it's like, oh, yeah, it's great to now do a nice paperwork project and just sit and not be dirty and then be in the garage and get really dirty again. And I I really enjoy all of it. That's awesome. I feel you on the no assholes. That's a really good type of client to be working with. (laughs) But it really does make it go faster when you guys are able to have nice conversations and just feel that ease between you because it is really collaborative. And we are also like physically in spaces that a lot of people don't have others see often. So that makes it so much more 
it's just a whole lot easier if everybody is just feeling very comfortable and easy breezy. Yeah, so true. It's really a thing of beauty when you have that trust and comfort and it doesn't always happen that way. And you can still do really great work when it's not, it's got a little things here and there. But sometimes yeah. working with a client and you're so in sync, it's like, wow, this is incredible. And everyone's just achieving their dreams. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It really can feel magical sometimes. Yes. Love. Okay. You reached out to me about this topic, which when you mentioned it, I was, I was all aboard. So today we're talking about self-care and self-acceptance while we're organizing and how it comes up and why it's so important. And I know that you have a lot to say about why this came up for you. We'll just be having a conversation today, but I'm just going to let you have the floor and kick it off. Yeah, thank you. It's something that I have really been on a journey as an organizer, even reflecting on this topic today, I thought... I personally used to be a lot more rigid, even in how I thought about organizing in my own home. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm in so many people's lives and we're all so different and what our needs are so different, well, perfection is forget that. But even that comparison or I've seen this in a magazine and I love things with that give influence and and we all are in different places. But I think a lot of that is just making people feel worse. And mm -hmm. organizing, in my opinion, in its, in its highest self, is supposed to help you. And that's not supposed to make you feel bad, or it's not about having, if you're going to get outside help, an organizer coming in and saying, we're just going to throw all this stuff away. Now it's red, orange, yellow, green, and I found in your new home. Yeah. Bye. Just, yeah. Good luck keeping up with that. That's just not doable. I'd say for most people, I, I'd love to get your take on that. But unless you've got, I always think the, the Kardashians are the ones we see on Instagram. It looks incredible. They also have multiple homes, tons of people running those homes. You look in those pantries with the, the color-coordinated fruit. Nobody's eating this. <laughs> they throw it away one day and then they bring in more. So <laughs> I have to tell you, I was recording a podcast episode two days ago. It'll probably be the, the episode that comes out right before this one. And we were talking, they brought up that same example. And I was just like, yes, we both really zeroed in on like the Oreo cookie example, how it's always this beautiful glass jar. And if you haven't seen it, like just know that this is annoying organizers left and right. I'm really glad I'm not the only one because they're all stacked in beautiful circles. And it's just, it's a thing of beauty, but it should belong in a museum. It's not yes. reasonable for living your life. And I completely agree. I've, I've seen some videos about a fridge organization where, to your point, every fruit has like a different bin and everything fits perfectly and everything's stacked perfectly. And someone was doing a restock video and the person who was reacting to it i remember one of the things that they said just really sticks out to me and they're like oh you're just really making me feel like shit right now aren't you and i was just like that's so true it's a, a lot of it can go beyond inspiring and beyond aspirational and just feel so out of reach 
that it can turn into a hopelessness is what I've heard from other people. Like they're feeling like they can't see the air quotes at home. Quote unquote, can't get organized because maybe the end result isn't going to look like what on Instagram, on TikTok. Maybe you're starting from a different place. Maybe you don't need to color code your fridge fruit. You need to clean your fridge out for the first time in a year and a half and you don't know what's back there and it's causing you a lot of stress and anxiety, but you're nervous to get to that mystery smell. Like, I feel like that is more realistic and more what a lot of folks that I talk to are dealing with versus like, let's take it from a nine to an 11. Yeah, I really agree with what you're saying. And I see that that does bring in the the hopelessness or the atrophy. Like, how good can a, a normal person's refrigerator look? It's filled with leftovers. I think when I see those things on Instagram, you always see the comments of like, where do you put the leftovers when it's all color cool? Yeah. How much time and energy do you have to devote to this? But that doesn't mean that cleaning that refrigerator out or organizing it in a way that works for you and the people that live there isn't going to be life-changing. I think yeah. it's just kind of changing changing the goals. Mm-hmm. Those goals are just so big for average people and even super average people. Let's say people that don't have live-in help. <laughs> yeah. I tell people all the time, there are certain systems that I see online I'm like, listen, my household has two adults and a dog. And I do this for a living and I can't be bothered to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying I have all the time in the world, but I do know that I, I, I am blessed with more time than many people just because there's less responsibilities in my life. But if this is my favorite thing to do and I don't want to do it, like, know that you are not alone. And it's, totally fine to take a lot of these ideas, just throw them right out the window and say, that's not going to happen. And let's think about the much, 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 much more simple version of that that fits in with my life and is easy to keep up with versus super difficult and complicated. Yeah, yes, Absolutely. And I I think about that also with, I guess, the commercial aspect of it, right? If you're on social media, you're anywhere in the world. The container store wants to sell you this thing that's supposed to be so simple and organize your life or Target or you name the place. Yeah. And not to say that those things can't be useful, but we're talking about the stuff that has to be done before you bring those things in. And I think to your point, I have a fairly organized home. I am an organizer. It's certainly not perfect. But I think that a lot of people are like, oh, you must have every new gadget on the market. And it's like, actually, I absolutely do not. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, sure. That's a little, that's clever. But you're the one that ha- I can't give a good example the second. But like, oh, I have one. Stock all those things. Yes, please tell me. <laughs> you know, the I see this on social all the time. It's like, You'll have your saran wraps and things in a drawer Mm -hmm. and then it's like labeled and every has like wooden slots for everything. That doesn't make sense in my house. And also those organizers don't fit every drawer. Not all drawers are created equal. So measure before you buy, guys. I know I say this all the time. I'm a broken record. Measure before you buy and know that you need it. 
Yeah. It's, it's very important. But that doesn't work for me as far as prioritizing what goes where in my home. And the, the place where those items need to live is actually on a shelf and pretty up high because I don't use them all the time. I mean, more likely to use like leftover containers or something. Anyway, the point is they're in a clear bin. And if anyone cares, it's a bright room bin from Target that used to be a different line and they renamed it. And it's like nine by 14 or something. And anyway, that's where they all are. And I just keep a smaller stock of them. So I don't have like extra boxes of any saran wraps really because it would just be an overstuffed box. It's like when this one is running low, then we get a new one. And that keeps me sane because if I had more, they wouldn't fit in the container. And then I would just be uh, stressed out about where to keep the backstock and it can't be bothered. So anyway, rant, but one example of things that I see online and I'm like, that's beautiful. And I'm just going to keep on scrolling. Yeah. And I've seen them used, right? I hate to even say this, but my husband got one for our house in Healdsburg and it was like, how dare he? Hey, but we had enough space for it and we don't use a lot of those supplies because that's the other thing. You get a really big thing of saran wrap. It doesn't fit in there. It's just all of the measuring thing. Don't get started. You're absolutely right. And I think being in the city in the Bay Area and in smaller homes that don't necessarily have all of that room for those types of things. So it just ends up causing more problems than it's worth. But yeah, that that looking at your life and what you really need might not include the most beautiful, shiny product or system. And that's great. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes because I can I, I don't know. Again, I'd love to hear from another organizer about this. I feel like people who hire me are people who love organizing because they love it enough to want to hire help and they love organizing products. So I've actually de-product, not fully, but a lot of things in people's home because it's like, this is impossible. You can't have a bin for, in my opinion, a bin for every single toiletry item. You've got 30 bins in there that are all, and it's so intricately done. It's like, I don't recommend this. Now, maybe somebody can do it and do it great and go for it, but the amount of maintenance to that is, it gives me a headache. <laughs> yeah. I give the example all the time. In my home, we have a bin that has like indoor tools. So probably a few things to hang pictures and some extra hooks and that sort of thing. And it's just, I think it says household tools, tools on it. And I throw it all into this medium sized bin. And that's good for me. But I know that there are other people, to your point, that might want more of a toolbox where you open a lid and you're sliding out the compartments and every little thing has its own teeny tiny compartment. And my brain does not work that way. And I, I wouldn't put things back if it was that complicated. So I, I encourage people, if you're the toolbox compartment type of person, go for it. But my default when I'm working with clients isn't to start there because for most people, I think that is going to be way too much effort and too specific in the moment when you're putting away things. I think you're more likely to leave it on the side of the toolbox and start a pile because putting it away was like an extra step instead of lifting a lid and throwing it in and running away. Yeah. Yes. I, that's a great example. And I think back to the topic of self-acceptance, 
I think that that is self-acceptance of saying, yeah, okay, maybe my ideal life, my idealized self would be the type that puts all the little things back in there. You get the Ikea stuff and you're putting the things in. But that's just not day to day for me. And that's okay. That's okay. Pile in there because all of that little bit, and I bring this up a lot for a lot of different projects, but the time it takes to do that, to then need to find something once a year, once every six months, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the, cause, uh, the cost analysis, what's the, what's the saying? Time cost analysis? Yes. For, for me, that just doesn't add up. It's like, okay. I'll, and I'm like that, actually, I have pretty radical ideas about filing. But for myself, and I own four businesses, a lot of stuff just goes in one folder, very cold. Because I don't need to go back there to get things hardly ever. And it's so much time to have to put them all in the different things. I figured this out about 10 years ago and it was life changing. Because I can say maybe once a year I have to go through and maybe it takes an hour instead of taking five minutes. But how many hours did I save the whole year? Yeah. I do have very few files for work. There's one that's like operations, one that's contracts. One that's archive marketing. So if I get new marketing items, I'll drop like an old business card in there so I can see how I've changed. And then every month has its own receipt folder. That's only because I end up doing a lot of returns, as I'm sure you do too. Yeah, yeah that Just makes sense. Having it there to be able to go through less worked out for me. But at the end of the year, then they're all going together just in case I get audited or something. And then I'm reusing those same, like I don't keep those folders every year. They just get condensed. Are we friends on social media yet? Whether your jam is Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, or Facebook, follow us at Tidy Revival for tips and updates. Are there any organizing systems that you've had at home that used to be more complicated and now have you've simplified for yourself over the years where you're like, I can't, I don't care. Cause I'd yeah. love to hear it. That, that's a that's a really good question because in thinking of how I help people and and people coming from all different places too, right? Which we mentioned neurodivergent, ADHD, a lot of clients that would be on on that. I think that's organizing. It's really cool. I think a lot of people's therapists and doctors are encouraging them to get home organizers. Oh yeah. And a lot more lately from inquiry calls, which is fantastic. Yep. So I think oftentimes, and it's certainly not limited to people with ADHD or neurodivergency, but I think deconstructing the system can be part of the process because, again, those perfect systems that are impossible to deal with or or maintain where it's like, so why are we doing this? And and maybe they're like, or they're like, my mom did it that way. And I'm just, okay. That's cool. And so how, do, how else do we do it? And so I bring that up first just to say in my own home, I'm actually lucky. My husband's a pretty neat person and we live in a very small apartment, so we need to be. And he has this drawer that everything ends up in the drawer, the junk drawer. It's his drawer, though. And I remember he asked me a few years ago, I was like, I just I don't know how to deal with this drawer. I was like, okay, went through it and let's find the places where the receipts go and the change goes. And, the, and that lasted for a couple of weeks and it was a huge mess again. And so we looked at it again and kind of like did it a little differently. 
and I got the PMS again. And I was like, why are we trying to like hone this in? How about this is just your menstrual? But we look at it or you look at it once a month or once every two months and just accept it. I think there's some real power to that. I'm just saying, if the system's not working for me, maybe it's just not a good system. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can start asking why. And I'm working with a family right now, and that's coming up because both the the mom and the dad have, as they put it, issues with clothes, like not hanging their clothes up. Or I think that always that tricky thing of, I wore it, but it's not dirty. I'm going to wear it again. I got to hang it up. And they're not. So there's piles on the floor. And and we're, I think the, the first thing of saying, what if we deconstructed this and actually created space for you to put your pile there? Because to be at each other's throats, say, why don't you hang up? You don't yep. you here. And I get it. But maybe maybe that's just asking too much. They've got two young kids. They're working a lot. Like maybe that is just too much. I love it. I love it. I have a client who we recently were talking about kind of the same type of things because the cog in her laundry system is truly putting it away. She doesn't enjoy folding clothes. She actually really, it's one of her least favorite things to do in life. And you end up living out of your laundry baskets as as you do, which for the record, if anyone is listening to this and thinking they're the only one that does, you're not. No, definitely you're not, not at and all. Okay. <laughs> and it's fine. Yep. <laughs> so what we came up with was essentially just abandoning folding as much as she wanted and moving at getting her some extra storage, but just moving into some open stacked bins so that she can have shirts together and th- find what she needs when she needs it and put it away easily, but just let go of folding. Because if you haven't been folding and you don't like to fold and you don't care about it, then like, let's just lean in and figure out a system that works for you so that you can have things as easily as easily accessible as possible, only because like the laundry baskets end up locking the dresser. So then it, it's just a... Um, like a domino effect, but, but yeah, talking about the path of least resistance really and solutions that work for you specifically. And I, I'm not a therapist. As I say, I just play one on TV, <laughs> but I would encourage also when those things come up, cause I've had to think about this myself is where did these ideas come from? Like, who says that everything needs to be folded or what? I don't think most people fold their underwear, but some people think that you have to. Mm-hmm. It's come from. Was that something that you picked up just because that's how you were raised and that's how you feel adults should behave? To think, who cares? When if people in, it's in your room and that's the place that you want to be able to have a system that is piled up on a chair or laundry being just stuffed into drawers or however you do it. It doesn't have to be anybody else's business too. When I think that thing of like, oh, my mother-in-law comes over and sees this and it's like, it's your bedroom. It's your life. If this is what works for you, that's great. You don't Mm -hmm. need to pick yourself up about one more thing. Laundry is tough. Mm -hmm. And I think for people who have 
lots of children. Like it just never ends. And I see yeah. there is a doom spiral for many people. Again, you're so right. You are not alone. Specific to laundry. Mm-hmm. Finding the path of least resistance. And I have to share this because I thought this was genius. The idea of, and I, and I get that not everybody's in a position to be able to hire outside help. But if you are getting a cleaner that is open to being flexible with what you need, maybe you don't need someone to come clean your house every month or every two weeks or however, or you'd like that, but maybe that's not in the cards. But maybe you can have somebody come and just fold and put laundry away. Mm-hmm. Like that is a possibility. There's a lot of things available to us in 2023. Yeah. That's so stressful or causing a lot of issues in your relationship. As my friend likes to remind me, hey, it's probably cheaper than a divorce. One of my clients says, but it's cheaper than marriage counseling. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It might be worth considering. That also feeds into questioning our attitudes about that. Because I think, like, even for me, and I'd say my mom was a home ec teacher. Oh. Home ec teacher, right? And it's it's not a wonder that I'm like this homemaker now, an organizer, and I cook and all the things, which in a way was really cool. But I've looked at that and seen homemaking growing up was very specific and precious. Sometimes it felt like I lived in a museum. So it's like, okay, so those are attitudes that I'm now, I have brought in to taking care of my home. But that doesn't mean that's how it has to be. And it also doesn't mean, because I think for a long time, I am very blessed that I have somebody that comes and cleans every other week. Best thing ever. It took me years, even when it seemed like it was financially okay for us to do that. Because it was like, oh, no, no, I can do that. That's my job. Mm -hmm. Whether that's like, that's me as a mom or as a woman or just as Melissa. Like, I should be doing that. I really should be doing that. And it's like, but why? I'm busy doing other things. Like, it's okay to let that go. Yeah. The the letting go thing, I think, can be so helpful. And I've been, this is on the, the fold and close train, but I've talked to a lot of parents, especially if you have young children who are old enough to start helping, but aren't ne- old enough to necessarily keep piles folded or keep their clothes folded once they go to pick up their outfits. If you're spending all this time folding, 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 putting it away, but you get frustrated that your toddlers either they go to put something away, they're just whipping the clothes into the the drawers or they're going to find what they need and then messing up your piles. Why not just let go? (laughs) Don't worry about folding those things. I highly recommend not folding as much as possible. And there are a lot of things even around here. I stopped folding rags. I stopped folding washcloths. I don't fold my underwear. I used to do the Marie Kondo fold for my socks. And I gave that up because I realized I don't care. There's just once you once you can let go and simplify some systems with regards to how much time it takes to make it happen, it can just be a glorious chain reaction that you may never come back from in a good way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I can say for myself, I am a weirdo who actually enjoys folding my laundry. 
I will put on a podcast and do all the condo folds. You should see my drawers. I fold my so underwear. Beautiful. It's, yeah, it's so beautiful. It's really mm -hmm. nice. My son is nine and I wanted him to have that as his, his putting the laundry away as his chore. That was probably his first chore when he was about five. And I still remember when I was like, okay, honey, like it's, you're going to do, you're going to do your own clothes. And he's just like, and walked to the bed and started to flatten out his pants like I do with my clothes. I was like, oh my gosh, he's been watching. I was like, that's so sweet. But I said, you don't have to do that. His clothes are all soft. Yeah. You know, it's like a dress shirt for a wedding or something. I would be the one to hang that up. Right. But it's like he throws it all in the drawers. I couldn't care less. That's, that's his deal. Maybe yeah. one day when he's older, that'll be more important to him and he'll choose how he wants things to be wrinkled or not. But forget it. It's great. Look at that. That's just my own thing that I enjoy doing. No one else has to do it. I love that. And I love I love giving kids the autonomy to put things away, but in a more kid-friendly version, then sometimes I, I feel like we have a tendency to put on them only because we think that it maybe needs to be this way because of the reasons that we've been talking about. I think there are a lot of things that we can do to simplify and say it doesn't need to be as structured and as organized. Maybe it can just be chaotic in the play area type of spaces or your dressers or whatever the case may be. Yeah, very much. And again, for an organizer, I feel like sometimes my idea might be a little bit radical, but I think about that with toys too. Sometimes when I'm in homes and the toys can be very meticulously stored with every different type of toy. And, and as a mom myself, I get it. When you have a baby, they have like three balls and two rattles. It's very easy. Or you like got the blocks, you just, but mm -hmm. then you get older, they're into all these different things. And maybe there's another kid or another kid, all of the different stuff. And I've, I, again, it's not, a, it's not something that everyone wants or loves to hear, but sometimes it's like giving them permission to say, what if we got a big basket for this room? So at the end of the day, you can say, hey, everything goes in this basket or maybe not everything. Maybe I am always like the Legos probably just need to go with the Legos, but yeah, like just all of the other action figures or the trains, it's their toys. I don't know. I feel like giving them kind of ownership over, are they okay with that? Because one day they might be like, actually, I really like to have my trains in its own box. And now I'm going to put my time into putting it in its own box rather than Oh my gosh, this whole huge system, that's a lot for a little kid. If you'd like to start teaching your child, you're going to help clean up. It's a lot for a kid to take on. Mm -hmm. We've seen this too. I'm surprised how many homes I'm in where it's like 20 to 30 different bins with all the different toys, not just board games that have their own parts, obviously, but full on target tubs with all the different things. And it's an intricate system. Again, it's a lot. Yeah. And I, I know that there are some parents who really want to take out one thing at a time. So maybe like right now we're playing with dinosaurs or right now we're playing with blocks or whatever the case may be. And I can see that also being nice to be like, OK, one thing at a time. To your point, I was not that kid. I wanted the Lincoln Logs and the train and the plastic Fisher Price people. And I wanted them to all be in a world that was I basically was like weird Barbie having 
yeah, I was the weird Barbie girl and I wanted everything to play together. Um, <laughs> yes, that was the best. <laughs> weird Barbie girl. I like it. <laughs> But I think it, it, something that can be helpful with that, too, is that if your things are in one storage area or just a couple, then it's easier to say, OK, all the toys that we have in this space need to fit in this. So as more gifts are coming in the door, then we can say, OK, we can keep whichever ones you want to keep, but they all need to fit into this at the end of the day. And using that that storage space to um, give you just spatial boundaries of, around how much to keep versus an, an ever, like a never ending influx of toys and things don't leave in return. I think that's where that kind of some of the chaos can happen. Mm-hmm. But so, whatever system you do at home, folks, if you can have some boundaries around that space, I swear you'll be saving yourself a lot of headache later. I agree. And also, again, back to the self acceptance. <laughs> Being okay with the fact that things can change. Yeah. Because I can also, and as a mom, you, you have a ton of control over a little kid. So having the, the one in, one out rule can work really great for a three, four, even five-year-old. And then you have an eight-year-old who's like, no, it's all coming out. I'm sure you can put it under lock and key, but <laughs> those things will change over time. But theoretically, yeah. they also have fewer toys at that age. My son's mostly now into video games, so we don't have Mm -hmm. all of the different things around. So just Mm -hmm. knowing, and I fully understand this, a lot of parents get in this, I want you to come and set up the system that's just going to be this great system forever. Yeah. (laughs) Some places in your life you can do that with toys and with kids stuff. you got to roll with it a little bit. And like you're saying, crazy Barbie girl, kids are different. Some kids are very content to go sit in the corner with a book and do their one little puzzle and other ones want to pull every single thing off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if your kid is to pull everything off the shelf, it's worth re-examining and having systems that are less intricate so that I like to say, like, what's going to give you the most peace when you're saying, OK, dinner's in five minutes. We got to start cleaning up and you don't have the bandwidth to be a part of that cleanup time. Like, yeah. The or you thing. just don't want to be anymore. Yeah. It's also be great also when you fair. can start putting them to work. It sure is. I'm so happy to share with you one of Tidy Revival's preferred vendors, Retold Recycling. It's an amazing service that sends prepaid envelopes straight to your door that you can fill with all the textiles you're hoping to keep out of the landfill, but didn't know how to do it. Everything from old underwear, socks, rags, and so much more, they'll sort and send to thrift stores, donation centers, recyclers, resellers, and upcyclers. They're proud to say that nothing will go from your retold bag to the landfill. Learn more at retoldrecycling.com or at the handy link in our show notes and use code TIDYREVIVAL10 for 10% off your order. Melissa, um, I wanted to ask, I know we were talking about some solutions that we've seen or like unconventional things. Can you think of any other unconventional solutions that you've seen along the way that you would like to share today? Uh, unconventional. I think I, I, I'm always just coming in and asking why. You know, as we were saying, I think as organizers, right, that's, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I feel like it's, it can be get specific, but this dresser is just not working here. Why do we have a dresser here? You have tons of storage in, in the closet. Maybe mm-hmm. we get the dresser out and now that kid's room has room for that huge stand-up tent thing that they love. Yeah. <laughs> or why do we have this? I think that sometimes that can come up with older pieces of furniture. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people have heirlooms. Maybe they love it. But as sure sometimes the drawers are so tiny and... I'm working with another family and that's a real issue because it's all these teeny tiny drawers and it's it's just not working. Of saying, okay, why do we have this? Oh, it was grandma's. I can't get rid of that. It's like, well, it's fine. Can we move it somewhere else? Because this doesn't seem to be serving you and you can only fit one sweatshirt in a drawer. <laughs> and right. And and I don't say that to like mock anybody, but I understand when it's your home. You're so used to seeing it all the time, right? It's like the beauty of having someone come in and point those things out. And it's like, or maybe you love it and you want to go to bed looking at grandma's dresser and it doesn't matter and it's fine. And of course, then that's the right solution for you. But I'm surprised how often where it's like, wow, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, you don't have to keep it in here. Fortunately, at home, so there's like a ton of stuff that you don't have to keep. Yeah, a lot of systems really do happen out of habit and we don't question it. It's just what happened years ago and then we've just kept up with the same thing without asking why. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some ways that you feel like we can give ourselves some grace and invite a little more ease when we're decluttering and organizing? comparison is the thief of joy just stop comparing because you're you you're you and it's your unique home and life and for some people keeping things tidy and orderly or very stylish or designy or those are things that come naturally but if it doesn't it's okay i heard this recently you don't have to be tidy to be organized where I think tidiness is everything being in its place, right? Or, or cu- coming in and being like, oh, wow, this is all like so put together. But organizational systems can help you in your everyday life, which mm-hmm. may be a system that doesn't really work for other people or somebody who is extremely tidy would be like, what kind of a system is this? Like, again, back to the clothes are all over your chair. How is that a system? But that's organized because that's where your clothes are. Yeah, that that is unconventional, but being accepting of the fact that either this is just too overwhelming at the either at this point in your life, like dealing with like a depressive episode or a new baby or things going on or a lot of chaos just going on in your life at the time. Maybe that is just what needs to be done. And that's okay. We don't need to be looking for solutions in Instagram or in magazines or even at the container store to be like, oh, if I just get this, that's going to solve it. Because it's just, it's really hard. And I just, I hate for organizing to be a thing where people are like, oh God, I can't. I just can't even. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, yeah, I get that. But for organizing for you might just be getting all the Amazon boxes out of your house. Yeah, I found that to be life changing for in a few of my jobs, right? Where 
it's just everywhere and those plastic things that come in and some some random things that are in them where it's like just breaking them down and putting the things away and people are like oh my gosh this is amazing no that could be just one s- small step but that could be a huge step yeah and make a huge difference and maybe even be the catalyst for a little snowball effect could be yep i love it This episode is brought to you by The Club, our private community. This is where you can go to ask a thousand decluttering and organizing questions in a judgment-free, inclusive space where people get it. I'm in there to help you along the way, and we're all cheering each other on. You get weekly tips and prompts, accountability, and all the support you need to move forward, all at a low monthly price with no commitment. Learn more at tidyrevival.com. Melissa, any final thoughts that you would like to leave our folks with before I let you go for the day? Yeah, I would say, and again, love to hear your take on this, but only because I was asked this question in this other forum where someone was saying, what's the biggest lazy things you see as an organizer or laziness that you see as an organizer? And I was like, I don't see laziness. I don't think laziness exists. What I see is overwhelm, lack of time, maybe just not having the skills to to figure things out. So I just, I, I always like to say that when people are beating themselves up about, oh, this must be the worst house you've ever seen. How often yeah. do you hear that, right? Like, All the time. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and people saying like, oh, this probably looks like I'm so lazy. It's like, it absolutely doesn't. Mm-hmm. This goes to anybody who needs to hear that, just know you're not lazy. You're not. I think just having any awareness that maybe things aren't in a way that's best serving you is showing that you aren't. Yeah. Need some help or need some tools. I absolutely don't see laziness either. I see focus on other priorities your children, your job, your extracurriculars, the you serving your community, people doing all these other amazing things. I see trauma responses, people going through things and not able to make decluttering and organizing a priority due to these other massive things going on in their life. And and really I just I see folks doing their best and having a lot on their plate. And I I couldn't agree with you more. It's not it's not laziness. You just, you may not have the skill set or the extra time. And a lot of times when people do have extra time, they need to fit in a little relaxation and self-care. And there's nothing wrong with that too, guys. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. One more time for the people in the back. I think, and, and again, back to sort of those attitudes that we carry on of oh, I don't deserve a break or a rest or a manicure until I get the laundry folded until I, and and I relate to that thinking. But if you are worn out and burnt out, go and watch The Bachelor. Go and do the things or spend time with your friends if that's energizing. Go for a walk. or Those things are so much more important. This is something that can, I think, as you're able to, recharge and feel better that this could potentially become easier Mm -hmm. or not or maybe it's just a matter of then having more energy to find the resources to sort this out yeah 
But it's all anything you're doing for self-care counts as self-care, no matter if it's taking a nap or decluttering. It, 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 mental health is so important. And I think to your point, there can often be like we can put ourselves down for not focusing on our mental health in a certain way when sometimes what we need is just just to rest, just to rest our beautiful little brain. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I don't think personally, I just don't think there's anything more important. (laughs) Yeah, really. Sleep and rest, most major point of self-care. And I love that we're talking about self-care so much more openly. I think it used to be self-care was like the day at the spa. It was the beauty magazine type of self-care. And to now see there are so many ways to take care of yourself and to give them all a try, especially rest on top. But and even act, like you said, folding my laundry, that's very restful for me. And to other people, that would be a living hell, right? So mm-hmm. experimenting with what things are are restful and recharging to your spirit. It's so yeah. important. I love that. It can look different for everyone and that's okay. Right. That's right. No judgment. Anyone who has something to say about how you interpret self-care, don't need to hear it. <laughs> you just send them our way, guys. Yes. <laughs> We got you. Uh, Melissa, where can folks find you? Follow along. And if they are in the Bay Bay Area, I know you're in the North Bay in SF. And so if they're in that region, to give you a call if they're looking for in-home help as well, where can folks find you? Yeah, you can find me on my website at mgorganizing.com. And I am on Instagram. I'm not the biggest social media person, but you will find me there at Melissa Gugney Organizing. And yeah, I love it. Thank you so much again for being here today. I really appreciated this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about the work I do with people one-on-one or more about our private community, The Club, where you can also get weekly tips, prompts, accountability, and ask me unlimited questions, head to tidyrevival.com to get all the info you need. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you'll always have access to the latest show. We would also love to hear from you. If you have takeaways to share, tag us at Tidy Revival on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, or DM us anytime. The Tidy Revival podcast is written and hosted by me, Carly Adams, and edited by Brittany McLean. Title song Maverick is by Dresden the Flamingo. And until next time, remember that you got this.